Our guest on Personally Speaking this week is Tamira Mensa Stock. Who's that? Well, she just won a gold medal at the Olympics in Tokyo for the United States as the world's greatest woman wrestler. Stay with us. And welcome to Personally Speaking. I'm your host, Monsignor Jim Santi, and U.S. Olympic gold medalist Tamira Mensa-Stock joins me now. Tamira won gold in the women's freestyle wrestling event at the Tokyo Olympics, making her the second American woman and the first ever black woman to do so since the event was introduced in 2004. After winning the gold, Tamira thanked God for the opportunity to compete in the Olympics and expressed admiration for her country, proudly wrapping the American flag around her shoulders. Tamira took up wrestling in high school, at first hating the sport. She came very close to quitting wrestling after her father passed away in a car accident while returning home from one of her high school tournaments. Tamira met her husband, Jacob Stock, in high school, and the couple wrestled together at Morton Ranch High School outside of Houston and at Wayland Baptist University in Texas. She's here with us today to talk about representing the United States and winning gold at the Olympics and the faith that has always guided her and given her strength. Joining me now, I'm so pleased to welcome to Personally Speaking, Olympic gold medalist, Tamira Mensa-Stock. Tamira, first of all, first basic question, I'm fascinated by names, so tell me about Tamira. What does it mean? What does it mean? Yeah. I, I, I have no idea. Uh, <laughs> My mom and dad wanted it to be as Christian as possible and as well as African. So they came up with, it came up my, with my name. It just sounds good. They like the name. It didn't have any particular meaning for them. Well, maybe they just. I'm not, just, I'm not sure. I would have to ask them, but I do know I've Googled my name before and I saw that it meant something. That was when I was in elementary school and I've forgotten something. <laughs> okay, that's good stuff. And, and also, maybe the best way to begin, too, is a word of congratulations. How proud are you of the job you did? You made us all proud in Tokyo. God, you're amazing. Um, I'm extremely proud. Like, cause I, I went out there and I got to represent my country yes. in the best way, shape, and form that I know how. And uh, it, it was it was great representing the USA. And I'm extremely proud that I represented it in the way and manner that I did. You did. <laughs> and in fact, uh, when I mention you right away, the first thing people say is, "Oh my God, she was surrounded by the flag. She looks so beautiful and so happy." So. You made everyone proud and happy. And you're right. It was a positive image to portray of our country and the world. And tell us a little bit about Tokyo in terms of, I mean, you've been to these things before. Was it a strange experience to have uh, so few people present? And you're used to a larger audience, I'm sure. Um, that weird thing. I'm actually not entirely used to a larger audience. Uh, typically in those over overseas tournaments, there's, mm -hmm always just uh, a few fans and the athletes and the coaches that are usually in the stands so this was i was i'm used to this this is exactly where um 
I thrive, but it, I, I typically get a little bit more nervous at things like Olympic trials where I have my family and there's like thousands of fans and they're just all cheering and that, that makes me more nervous. So it kind of played in my favor to barely have anybody there. <laughs> <laughs> Samira, I, uh, you know, as, as a priest, I get to marry people a lot every weekend, and I often ask them to write me an essay of why they married that particular person, because I don't want the talk I give to be some generic talk about love and marriage. If you had been asked to do that, maybe you were. Why, why was Jacob the one for you? Oh, my gosh. So I actually prayed about it when I was in elementary school, and I wrote down all the values that I wanted in a man. And... <laughs> <laughs> you know like how how girls are they're like i want my wedding to be like this i want my dream man to be like this and i did that and um i went through you know not hundreds of boyfriends because good lord who who could do right, that right. <laughs> but um i went through a few boyfriends and they just weren't the right fit they didn't really stick and if i could be totally candid i always had my sights on jacob when i first started mm. wrestling he was wrestling team and i'd always look at him and go that is that's a nice guy right there (laughs) i don't think he'll like me um because it was like a race thing or i don't know i didn't think that he would like me and um i would date other people and Mm -hmm. finally in college our junior year after like years of flirting (laughs) like planning my (laughs) creeping on him like just going to his job like, like randomly and like, oh, I didn't know you were working today when dang well, I looked at the schedule and I saw that he was going to be at the job. <laughs> um, after years, like all of doing all that and planting the seed up, he finally said, hey, I want to make this happen. And wow. it's been, it's been awesome ever since. So that's why him. And you know, like when I'm a religious person, when I, when you pray about stuff, you kind of forget about it and it's weird how it pops back up and in him. (laughs) Yeah. What, what does, what does Jacob bring to the marriage that you find so important? Oh man. Um, Calmness. Because I'm a little hyper and he's very level-headed. He's Uh more business savvy. Um, Sometimes I ramble a lot. He's really, he's really cool, calm and collected and kind of just chill. Like he's, he's almost the opposite of me, but not entirely. Uh, Mm -hmm. Because we still have things in common that we enjoy doing, but he definitely brings a maturity that I didn't really have before. I know, I know, right. I'm not mature. (laughs) 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 Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> he, just, he, just, he just he just keeps me grounded and reminds me to stay humble, enjoy the journey and love what you're doing, because there's lots of people out here that don't get to do what I do every day. And so, right. yeah, <laughs> he understands you. He does. He, he, I feel like he understands me more than I understand myself. It's kind of weird. <laughs> I go, I don't remember saying that. Or, I don't think I would do that or react that way. And then sure enough, I react that way. Like, no, he knew. Dang it. <laughs> Isn't that great, though? And does he share, too? Because, you know, you you are pretty upfront about the fact that you're a, a woman of faith. Is Jacob also a guy who takes seriously the whole God question? He does. He does. Uh, um, when we first started out, he wasn't um, too adamant about it. Mm-hmm. But um, as we continue to grow in our relationship, his relationship with God also continued to grow. And now he's 
He is, he is fantastic. He is definitely somebody that I trust to lead our family and our family in, in Christ. And it's, it's great. It's good to see that I can trust that God has put a leader of my household in place because I don't want to do it. Yeah. I, I want to play video games. So it's, it's great to just see him grow. That's, and I, yeah. I saw him get baptized. <laughs> wow. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. You know, um, there's a, a Broadway musical that was called Miss Saigon. And one of the more powerful songs in the, in the show was why God, why, and uh, expressing frustration with God. For those who don't know, listening to Tamira, that uh, she had a dad from heaven who was the best, who was totally in her corner, loved her, supported her. And on the way back from a wrestling match, he was uh, killed in an accident. I, I mentioned that because you know and I know there's lots of people, even people of faith, who when they lose somebody like that, you know, you shake your fist in God's face. Why God, why? And it can cause them to lose their faith. Um, yeah. did, did you go through that at all? Definitely. Okay. 100%. I, I, the summer before I was actually, I actually went to a Christian camp where I had got baptized and I was, uh, I was a constant church goer and man, I, I was, I was living on top of the world as, as a teenager. And like, I, yeah, that, that year before I had got baptized and I was, I was feeling great. And when it happened, didn't go to school wanted to quit wrestling. Wow. I didn't talk to God at all. I, I was extremely hateful and uh, it took, it actually, it actually took a few years to, uh, to, to really trust again. But then sadly I ended up losing my grandpa, mm. my dog, my best friend. And I got to uh, not witness, but I found one of my teammates who had committed suicide who I was trying to help, uh, got the pleasure of finding her um, after she had did it. But there was definitely like a lot of, oh my gosh, there was definitely a lot of testing of my faith. And I don't know how or why, but I constantly would just come back to my faith because it helped me to, to get out of all the funk that I was in. And it is depressing. Like when you lose somebody like close to you, it's yeah. people know it's hard, but instead of feeling sorry for myself, I felt like they would want me to continue wrestling and not quit. Cause I wanted to quit every single time, not wow. just the simple fact because wrestling is hard because mm -hmm. it is extremely hard and it's frustrating when you can't get something is <laughs> hard in general. And so just all that frustration, just weighing me down. I, I knew that they didn't want me to quit wrestling. So I kept going for them, but then I kept mm -hmm. going. Them off on fire. So yeah, that's one of the messages that I also want to get out is people who have lost people extremely close to them. Yeah. You can feel you can feel bad for a time. But at the same time, like they wouldn't want you to feel sorry for yourself because yeah. the world goes on. It sucks, but the world goes on and you gotta keep moving forward. Mm -hmm. And so like that's one of the biggest things that I had to learn again and again and again and again. Yeah. I admit, uh, Tamira, my prejudice in that I do believe in life beyond this life. I do believe in heaven, no doubt about it. So I'm pretty sure, I hope you are too, that, that dad was watching in Tokyo and he knows you got the goal, right? Yes, he 100% knows. I dream about him all the time. He tells me he never left me. He's always here. I don't know. He says, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm right here. So it's definitely comforting knowing that he's always looking out for me. And he was 
screaming in the stands in Tokyo saying, kill them. <laughs> now let's talk about another dimension of your life tamira for those who don't know even though she is obviously a very beautifully physically fit person she also went through this experience in high school of being bullied and um yeah. first first of all i wanted to know what your reaction was when it happened and now the tough question um when someone has bullied you at a time when you're vulnerable in life how hard is it to forgive them so uh that's a that's a great question uh so i was actually also bullied in elementary and the way me and my twin handled that is we just went and told our mom and wow. our mom our mom went to go talk to their parents and we ended up becoming friends with them uh, and now fast forward to middle school i got bullied as well and it was from a person that i thought I could trust with my mm. secrets and I know betrayal stabbing in the back. That's the worst. But um I thought I could trust her and she just kind of blurted out all my secrets in front of everybody in the locker room. And to be honest, it took me about a decade to forgive her. And mm. it probably because it was it just happened when I was younger. But it, it it took me almost a decade, but I finally got over it. Uh, in college and fast forward to high school that was like the worst of it all because they shoved me up against the lockers and told me to quit and to quit my my chat my teammate told me to quit wrestling because her friend was a wrestler and i guess i was in her, in her same weight class i didn't know but um mm -hmm. i forgave them instantly again and again because i guess i had just become numb to people being mean to me and i didn't want people to dictate my mood i just wanted to be happy all the time and yeah it would get me down but i always had those things to get me to get me happy again like i had my friends i had my family right. i had my video games and like i i had like my boyfriend at the time to just go to and just make me feel better like they were they were minuscule things in my life that weren't going to dictate how i was done um, slow through my slow through my my journey of life, and so I honestly became numb. My mm -hmm. coaches in high school, my wrestling coaches, actually found out that I was being bullied, and they said, "Let us know who it is. We can help you." And I said, "No, it's cool. It's fine. It's cool. I'm having fun. Like they're they're, they're not going to shake me." And I didn't quit. That girl actually quit the wrestling team, and I continued having fun. Yeah. <laughs> So That's I like to true. say, kill him with kindness. Wow. I'm glad that they, uh, they stepped up to the plate a little bit too. We have a guy, Joe Salomon, who runs something called Long Islanders Against Bullying. And he said mm -hmm. that a guy came up to him recently. He's an adult now. And said, you may not remember this, but in high school, I was pretty awful to you. And Joe said, I never once forgot. You, you don't forget, do you, when, when oh, you've been hurt? No. Yeah. It's a vulnerable time and people exploiting it. Now, for those who don't know, Tamira has an interesting book that she's fond of. I say to people in my church, I bet most of you have it on your shelf and it doesn't belong on the shelf. Open the darn thing up. And that's the Bible. Um, yes. how, how important is the word of God to you? And how often do you actually jump into it? Every single morning. I didn't get a chance to do it this morning, but um, I'm in Ezekiel right now and I have my Bible study every single morning. So what I do is every morning I wake up around seven or like in that time frame and I write my dreams down and mm. then I get into my Bible stuff. And I do that adamantly and it it's a great it's a great way to start the day off. Okay. Right? Like 
it, it's, I don't even know how to describe it. Just my time with God, it's extremely helpful because I, I feel like a lot of people might start their day off with the news or might start their day off with, I don't know, an argument, waking up on the wrong side of the bed, whatever the case may be for people. And when you just, for me, when I just put my faith, mm-hmm. when I just start off with my faith, it just starts my day off right, no matter how I wake up. And it just makes me feel good. And it helps me to, it, just, it basically just helps me to, be a guiding light to people and go, mm-hmm. oh, wait, I remember this in the Bible this morning. And then I accidentally just quote it without even realizing <laughs> it. And honestly, it, it just makes me feel good. It's so uplifting. It's For me, it's better than any sports psych or any TV show, any conversation, and, and any of those stuff. It, it's just extremely uplifting. And yeah, I, I love relying on it. I don't know where I would be without it. Yeah. Tamira, you know, you you come across as I'm sure you well know as a, a positive and upbeat person. And for our listeners and viewers, I wouldn't want them to think that it's always that easy. I, I think uh, anyone who says they don't face discouragement is uh, is telling a fib. Uh, there's a quote from Tamira that I love. She says, there's always the enemy creeping at your mind, telling you you're not good enough, telling me I didn't work hard enough and that you didn't have the right nutrition. Um, and when times of discouragement happen, for for everyone who goes through that, is there a way that works for you to climb out of that and to hope again? Yeah, definitely. So I I think about it. I, I of course we all think about it, and instead of pushing it away, Adeline Gray had told me it's okay to feel those emotions. Okay. It's one hundred percent okay to feel those, but it's not okay to stay there. And mm. so I feel it. I think about it, and I go bye. and and it's obviously like that takes like a few hours or a few days because depending on like what your depression depression is set on it's going to take a certain amount of time right and everybody's different but i practiced it so much because i love spreading joy and making people smile that i don't want to stay there because i don't i don't have time to be sad (laughs) i need to go out there and just go love 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 superpower love Mm -hmm. And so um, a lot of times I pray about it. I think about it. And I go, God, I need your help right now. I don't want to feel like this anymore. Or I talk to my husband or I talk to my family. I, cause I, when I was younger, I actually used to wallow in it and not express how I felt. And I think that made it worse. Mm-hmm. I know it made it worse, but that's just for me personally. When you express how you feel, there's a weight lifted off your shoulders. And sometimes people don't have anybody to talk to. And so yeah. for me, God was it. So um, yeah, there, there's definitely like a lot of different ways you can go about getting getting out of that, mm-hmm. uh, feeling bad about myself. Uh, the enemy is going against me. Uh, like, I don't know if I'm good enough. There's different maneuvers that people take. And I've tried a lot of them. And right. I, found, I, I found a lot that works for me. And I... Man, I, I just want people to feel uplifted and the enemy wants you to feel, wants you to feel bad because that's when you don't prosper when you are when you're down and out and you're in your luck and you feel terrible about yourself. But when you feel good, you wrestle good, you when you when you feel good, you act a certain way, you carry yourself a certain way and take it till you make it. That's one thing that I have that 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 helped me for, for years. Take it till mm-hmm. I made it. And 
it just became something that was just easy. So I, I know I normally I'm like, but yeah. Wow. Samira, let me ask you, um, these people who formed and shaped you, your mom and dad, uh, when you look back on what they did and what made their parenting so good and special for you, what did your parents do right? Uh, they taught me to be respectful. Okay. They taught me to be loving. Uh, we always went to church. Um, uh-huh. We we looked at what was in front of us and accepted it, and we valued it. Like regardless of the situation, and my mom made sure she put us in situations that where we weren't going to be, I guess, down in our luck. And she was like a single parent and she, she tried, uh, she, she did her, she, she did the dang thing. I will say that Mm -hmm. (laughs) she did a very good job, but um, yeah, my parents did a lot of things, right. Uh, My dad would always smile Mm. always be laughing just take care of my needs anything i needed anything my mom needed if if there was any financial um desire that my mom had he go here you go i got you (laughs) i I know he spoiled me rotten like rotten 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 but um yeah there's a lot of things that they did right and i think one of my favorite things that i know my dad did right was that he didn't spank me and Mm -hmm. he didn't he, he didn't discipline me in a normal way. There was only one time he punished me and he plucked me on the forehead and it hurt like a mother. And I was really <laughs> upset about it. And I didn't want to disobey him ever again because he had right. some strong fingers. <laughs> <laughs> and for our, our listeners and watchers, uh, Tamira not only loves and treasures and respects her mom, but uh, she used her uh, gold medal as an opportunity and the opportunities that came with that to, to give mama a special present. Tamira, tell us what you got, ma. I am getting her a food truck, but okay. <laughs> yeah, but I don't even have to get her a food truck anymore. Cruising Kitchens, uh, Cameron Davies is actually going to be making her a food truck from scratch. And that'll be done in a couple months. And it's going to be the food truck of her dreams and it's something that I literally could not have ever done. I wasn't expecting it. I wasn't asking for it. I just said, they asked me what my plans were. I told them because I'm, I'm a person that's true to her plans. I mm-hmm. try to stick to that. And then they were like, cool, we'll do that for you. Oh, how great is that? It's, it's going to be incredible. So I felt like my mom totally just won the Olympics and <laughs> making true on my promise. <laughs> Now, Samira also has the blessings of a wonderful sister who was involved in sports as well. Now, when you have a sister like you, who's this superstar in the field, uh, you would understand that if any sibling had a sense of rivalry or, or jealousy, but she's just like a super supporter of yours, isn't she? Yeah, 100%. And she loves wrestling more than me. Like, it's, <laughs> like, yes, like 100%. Like her dream all her dream was, was to wrestle internationally. And it was taken away from her when we had both made the university national team uh, or the university world team where we were going to actually be wrestling in Turkey. They, uh, they said that we couldn't go and, oh, we were going to, we were going to compete together, but she, she's, she's one of my biggest supporters. Like she tells mm. so many people about me because she got injured in high school for two uh. years. She was injured and she became the second state champ that our school ever had. And I was first. And so I know she lives vicariously through me. And 
Yeah, she like she doesn't have a jealous bone in her body. I tell people all the time, wow. I'm the mean twin. She might be the grumpy <laughs> one, but I'm the one that you should worry about. She is very, <laughs> very, very nice. I'm, Isn't that great? I'm not kidding. I had I had anger management issues as a kid. She is so sweet. Like she like I kind of compare my husband to my twin because like mm-hmm. again, we're different as night and day. And yeah, they, they have the same, they have the same characteristics. Hey, I have a, a two-part question. It's all the same question in a way. I don't know what your plan is for the next Olympics, if you want to go for that or not. But I'm thinking of my friend, Mike Komisarek, who retired recently from hockey. And he said, from the age of six, hockey was my life. Now I'm not sure at 37 what I'm supposed to do. What does a person who is a world champion wrestler do beyond wrestling? What's the plan, Tamira? So this is something that, so somebody told me years ago, it's lonely at the top. And I immediately like turned my nose up, my eyes up. I was disgusted with that. I thought to myself, it's not going to be lonely at the top for me. I'm going to have fun and I'm going to be more than just wrestling. And I ended up getting married. I, I'm a Christian. I'm a, I'm, I'm a wife. And after wrestling, I, I have a lot of plans. Like I want to be a D one women's college coach. I possibly want to go into the WWE. I want to start a daycare. Like what my dad did. I possibly want to have a a stay at home mom and like have like quintuplets and twins and such. (laughs) Like I've got all these plans. Like I I want to, I want to own homes. I want to be like a real estate. Like there's, there's lots of plans. Like life is so much to give me. I'm going to have fun with this. I'm yeah. not just a wrestler. This has just been a, an avenue at which is I at which I've taken, and it's been great. But once it's done, I'm gonna I'm gonna move on with my life and hope for the best. There's a a wonderful book by Father John Powell called "Fully Human, Fully Alive," and that's you, Tamara. You are fully human, <laughs> fully alive, and seize the day. Carpe diem, seize the day. Good for you. And you Thank realize you. that everything you have. And everything you hope to be is is God's grace. And yes. what a wonderful thing to know what the source is, to be grateful to your parents, to be thankful for your sister. Um, I know you know this, but you are one heck of a superhuman being. And thank you for sharing your, your time with us and uh, praying for you to have the fulfillment of all your dreams and hopes. And uh, thank you, Tamira, for everything. You're the best. Thank you for having me. As we end today's program, I want to thank you all for being with us. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach me at personallyspeakingpodcast at gmail.com. To go see past episodes of our show, go to YouTube and search under Personally Speaking with Monsignor Jim Lasanti. And don't forget to click like and subscribe. Personally Speaking is also available as a podcast on personallyspeakingpodcast.buzzsprout.com. Or for past shows, go to www.closeencountertv.com. And again, click on the radio button at the top of the page. You can also get our shows at www.ollmp.org. And also get a weekly homily from Monsignor Jim. Personally Speaking is also on Facebook at Personally Speaking with Monsignor Jim Lasanti. And we're also now on Instagram at Personally Speaking Podcast. Personally Speaking is made possible because of the support of so many of you. Thank you for your help and support. I'm privileged to serve as host and executive producer, personally speaking. Our producer is Lisa Jandovitz. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll be with you again next time on Personally Speaking.